empowered by the Constitution, strengthened by the Bill of Rights, the American citizen was bestowed with the power and responsibility of civic engagement. Today, your voice is needed now more than ever, yet barriers stand in the way. How to start, where to begin, it can be confusing and overwhelming. We're here to help you take that leap, breaking down those barriers, providing you with the tools and knowledge to take on civics undaunted. I'm very excited today to talk with my friend Jen Pope. Jen is the clinical trials team manager for thoracic oncology at the Yale Cancer Center and previously worked as a consultant for the Department of Veteran Affairs. Outside of a professional job, she is civically engaged in Connecticut, where she is a leader and co-founder of the Grassroots Hamden Progressive Action Network, serves on the Democratic State Central Committee representing the 11th District, and is a frequent op-ed writer to local newspapers. I've known Jen for over five years and have seen her work tirelessly to better her community and her state. Despite countless hurdles and roadblocks, one way or another, she finds a way to overcome them and keep going. Jen, we're happy to have you here today. Welcome to Civics Undaunted. Hi, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So we've known each other for a hot minute through backyard barbecue, fundraisers, speaking events, and whatnot, and I know how involved you are in the community. And I wanted to start off with what is turning into our opening question for everybody is, what does civic engagement mean to you? Um, To me, it means um, being aware of the issues that are most important to my community and helping to share that with other people. With being aware of the issues in your community, is that from a standpoint of you wanting to learn what's bothering and of a concern for other people or you taking the issues that you're concerned about and going to the public to try to educate them? I think it's both. Um, so I have a, a specific point of view. Um, I am a mother, I have children in the public schools in my town. Um, So issues around education will always be important to me. But um, there are issues that I think are really important that I have um, just an interest in that don't really impact me personally. So like um, our schools are very segregated in town. It might not affect me directly. Um, as, you know, a a white female with white children. Um, But I think it impacts my my greater community, and that's of interest to me. Um, And, you know, I live in one of the more affluent areas of our town. Um, So making sure that all parts of the town get equal access to resources is important to me. Um, So, issues, issues like that. I think it's important to, for everyone to be aware of them, even if they're not directly impacted. Um, so, you know, we're not unintentionally, you know, hoarding resources, which is, is easy to do if you're not, you know, aware of what's happening around you. Absolutely. And I love that 360 view that you provide and I think it dovetails right into 
you know, one of the first things you did, at least since I've known you in terms of actually starting a grassroots organization and just hearing your answer, it feels like that colors a lot of what Hampan, the Hindu Progressive Action Network, ended up being as a kind of digital corkboard almost of all the issues and people's thoughts. So could you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the Hand and Progressive Action Network is and what inspired you to start a grassroots organization, which is, you know, kind of crazy endeavor to just start. Right. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting into either. So yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely crazy. Um, so it was the, our group was started um, as a reaction to the 2016 election. And I, I don't think um, it was unique. I think a lot of um, organizations started after that election where, you know, people felt like um, the presidential election was going one way and it ended up going another that was surprising, at least to, you know, liberal Democrats. Um, so it was a reaction to that. And in realizing that um, just showing up on election day, even though I was, you know, have always been a regular voter. I voted in every election, you know, since I turned 18. Um, I Realizing that that wasn't enough and there was more that could be done. Um, and sort of re realizing that I was in like a narrow, um, I had like a narrow mindset set in thinking that, um, you know, if you just vote, then everything will turn out okay. Um, so it was a response to that, but it quickly kind of shifted into a more local focus. Um, as soon as you start like sort of unraveling the different layers of um, politics, um, we sort of realized that, you know, it's kind of hard to have a big impact at the national level but there is so much that can happen and that needs to happen and should be happening um, at the local level. And as we started um, and, you know, learning ourselves about what was going on and, um, you know, just showing up to meetings and realizing, um, oh, there's, you know, a lot of things going on in Hamden. Um, one, can we get more people involved? Can we tell more people about, how it works, you know, the schedule of budget cycles in our town. These were things that I never even thought about um, before. Um, I never even thought about, you know, uh, really like state election cycles. I showed up to vote and I voted Democratic every time, but I didn't really think about too much what happened before that. How are those people chosen? Who gets, who's choosing them and why are they being chosen? Um, so it was about learning myself, um, about learning from people who have been involved in that process before, and then hopefully sharing that with more people. So um, they're more engaged and just aware of what's going on because it has really, you know, a big impact on our day-to-day -day lives. It really does, especially, you know, seeing firsthand your rear the small little changes that can occur just from paying attention. I think one of the big things I know for me, and you touched on it, was that voting isn't enough. 
And I think that that is perhaps the biggest gap we have as, you know, American citizens is the fact that not only is voting not enough, we don't even know all the places where we can vote, right? We've learned about primaries. We've learned about, you know, Democratic Town Committee caucuses and primaries and special elections and all these different aspects that aren't well publicized. But if you just know a little bit, you instantly get tuned into all of it, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you got connected to people to learn because you said one of the things you did in it was learning and you didn't know what was occurring Mm -hmm. right in terms of what do i need to start for an organization where where are the gaps like how do you start to build that bridge for someone else who might want to get involved and doesn't know where to start looking um for me one of the first things that i did was um sign up for mailing lists. So these are like email lists um, for the people who represent me um, in Hamden. So that's on the state level. Um, And then also following them on social media. So they're often sharing information through Facebook um, and then started showing up to meetings. So just learning where meeting agendas are posted um, and how to find those um, and showing up if it was something that I thought impacted me or seemed like it was um, something important Um, and showing up to Democratic Town Committee meetings. To be honest, I didn't even know Democratic Town Committees existed um, before I started getting involved, I had no idea what the process was for, for choosing candidates and, you know, how, how these things were decided. Um, I sort of just like let the system work and, and showed up and voted. Um, so I started showing up to those meetings in, in January, 2017 and, and continued to go. And, and if you show up, um, you meet other people who are showing up and, Um, At one of those early meetings, um, I met my friend, Sean Grace, who now I have worked closely with since that time. Um, And I met Lauren Garrett, um, who I've who I've been working with closely since then. And you you start um, just making connections that way. So many of them were in person connections. Just you recognize the same faces um, and you know, talking to people in person and then other were were virtual connections, people who, you know, you notice um, have a lot of the same um, connections that you do virtually um, and and connecting with them on Facebook, even though you've never met on person and then following what their interests are and picking up on, you know, connections in this this virtual space as well. Um, So I think that's really how it started. And then it's really just expanded from there. Absolutely. It's, it's funny how many people will be like, 
oh, I recognize you from your Facebook photo, right? <laughs> yeah. Just because we're in the same weird groups online and talking about the same same issues. Um, you know, what is some of the work with Hampan that has made you truly proud or what is one of the accomplishments you're proud of that you achieved either a moment or an accomplishment? Um, I'm proud of like individual events that we've, we've held. So we've held a lot of events with our state legislators to talk about um, either priorities for legislative sessions or to talk about um, what we were able to accomplish during a legislative session. So I'm proud of individual events, but I think the, the what I'm really most proud of is um, the work that happens that I'm not involved in at all. So um, amongst members, people share their own thoughts and their own um desires for things that they think should be different in our town and other people contribute to that. And it's a space where those connections and discussions can happen. And that really is exciting to me because before it was just a vacuum. There was, there was not, there was no um, place to have a conversation about an issue and get other thoughtful responses and opinions to it. Um, so when those things happen, that's really the most exciting thing for me. Yeah. You, you touch on a really great point reflecting back on some of the weird, like posts that pop up out of nowhere, but it's someone who's been in the group forever. And this is finally the, their moment to shine. And we all find our like, little niche of the ways we contribute i think one of the really cool things in ham pan and this is to to all the listeners about how you can contribute to your community in any way is we have one member who like does a play-by-play of every legislative council meeting <laughs> yeah it's fabulous is ridiculously hard work <laughs> to like type out in person live but provides great for people to review and see and not be able to attend because those council meetings can go forever right Mm -hmm. especially pre-pandemic when they weren't even televised or zoomed it was you had to be in that room for two three four hours to get all of it right that's it's i agree it's very exciting and i'm i'm very excited that she's now taken a role on a commission in town too, which is really exciting to me. These are, you know, people who have really great ideas and a lot to contribute and have never, and ha- and, and now are, are holding these elected or appointed positions in town that it's, I think it's wonderful. And I'm really glad that she, mm. that she volunteered to do that. Yeah. And I'm really glad you have created this great platform to get people involved and i know it's not easy and that there's been setbacks so could you tell me about what is a valuable insight you had from a setback and then provide as much information about the setback as you feel is needed on my mind um the 
originally the group was started just in a, one neighborhood of, of Hamden, um, just because the people who actually already knew each other in person lived in that neighborhood. So that was a logical um, place to start. And of course, nobody knew where anything was going um, in the beginning. Um, when we expanded, we added um, additional leadership from across the town, which, which made sense. We were still kind of narrow um, in our perspective and, and we've since even narrowed further. Um, you know, people move on to new things. Um, people take on new roles and we have to decide um, as a leadership group if we think it's appropriate uh, for people in, you know, elected positions, if they should, you know, also hold um, a leadership position in this um, group that sometimes, you know, pushes up against people holding elected office. Um, so that's something we think we think about a lot. Um, and also making sure that um, if we want to represent diverse opinions, um, with we that the leadership team reflects the community. Um, so I think we're still considering that and the pandemic has sort of put a little bit of a, a hold on that process. Um, and as we sort, and, and also as we're thinking about, you know, what the long-term uh, hand pan looks like and how you, if that's gonna live in a virtual space, if it's only gonna be on Facebook, if it's gonna be outside of Facebook, um, I think those are things that we're, we're always thinking about. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that the membership of our group is very diverse and covers um, all of the town and it continues to expand. Um, so I think that is a constant and I don't think we'll ever have a solution, but I think that's something that's always on my mind. I think it's very interesting of an insight about how the leadership will always be kind of evolving even though the mission of kind of creating that space for discussion and action will stay the same as you move in and out of different roles different purposes in terms of what the organization needs so that's i like that one of the things we touched on was the democratic town committee which is for the listeners a inter-party organization both the republican and democratic parties in connecticut have them and it's made up of residents of a specific town or municipality and they are members of that political party and then they represent them for the town party um and help kind of decide who ends up being the endorsed candidate for various offices. On top of that, there was also a state committee, which is called State Central. And I remember very clearly the heckness of your first State Central election and walking to, I think it was the basement of a church or something. Um, and I figured it would be useful to talk about that and kind of explain some of the structure of the Connecticut state government party structure. It's 
like state central just is a weird fit. So if you could tell me a little bit about what is state central. Sure. Um, so in Connecticut, our state party is a uh, democratic party um, elects two Democrats from every state Senate district um, in Connecticut. And our state bylaws state that there must be one man and one woman elected from each of those state Senate districts. So it's 50-50 men and women. And the members of the Democratic Town Committee who live in those Senate districts choose who those two people are. So in my district, the 11th Senate District, when I was elected, um, it was made up of Hamden, New Haven, and a small portion of North Haven residents. So we get elected through a convention that takes place every other year, um, coming up on another one this year in a couple of months. Um, we were redistricting this last year, so that will change. Um, and now only New Haven and Hamden will will um, will make up the 11th Senate district. So it's a little bit different this this time around. Um, but basically, um, in my mind, the state central committee members are a conduit between the state party and the local town committees. Um, I think the number one job of Democratic town committee members and state central committee members is electing Democrats um, and making sure that we are building the bench. There are um, engaged Democrats in our town, um, getting Democrats out to vote and making sure that we're choosing quality candidates who represent the districts that they live in. Um, so I think, and, and I guess creating, um, you know, a democratic party that's representative of Democrats in Connecticut. Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of things that end up going into that. Of course, you can't elect candidates without money, so there's a big fundraising component. Um, but basically, it's to elect Democrats and make the Democratic Party stronger. Awesome! Thank you so much for that. What made you want to run to be on State Central? Um, it, the, the town committees to me felt very isolated. Um, and I think some of this was, uh, just because of the people who, you know, were running the party on a state level and also the people running the party at a town level. So I think we often get siloed into our narrow, um, communities and we were not thinking about how to work together. Um, and that, that bothered me a little bit and it, and, uh, Hamden, you know, isn't one of our major cities, cities in Connecticut, but it is a really big democratic town. Um, and we bring out a lot of voters for Democrats for statewide office also. Um, and it felt like we were kind of a little bit on our own. So that could, I don't, I don't want to say false, but that, um, you know, that issue could be due to a lot of things. It could be due to a Democratic town committee chair who wasn't engaging with his town committee members. 
It could be due to a state party chair that just wasn't really good at communicating out to um, towns. It's, could, it's probably a combination of a lot of things, but it felt like something was missing. And one thing I felt like I had gotten um, at least relatively good at um, was showing up and talking to people. Um, so the person who I took over for didn't even go to meetings. <laughs> so that was like step one, pretty basic, just at least show up to the meetings. And even if you don't know what's going on, like you just listen for a while until you kind of figure it out and you figure out who to ask the questions to. So um, I think that as um, you know, you just figure out who to ask. I think right there you encapsulated the the breakdown for getting involved in general, right? Is even if you don't know, show up and listen for a while and find out who to ask the questions to. Right? That that lesson can be applied to absolutely any stage of involvement that either of you, either of us has been involved with, right? Mm -hmm. Just showing up and seeing like you mentioned earlier, who else keeps showing up to the same things? Okay, I should go talk to them, right? Yep. Oh, these things kept coming up. So that's the big issue right now. I love that. And I'm so happy that you decided to run. You won the position and now you're in what year four? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I will be finishing up my second term and the terms are two years. Um, so yes. Awesome. You highlighted well kind of how State Central works and what they do about kind of building up the bench, the fundraising component. What would you say is different running for State Central compared to, you know, a more traditional elected office like mayor or state senator? Um, I think... Town committee members and state central members are a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, so I think while we're very involved in campaigns and helping to um, work with candidates about issues that are important to us, and I definitely push issues all, all of the time, um, you know, a candidate is never going to match my um, beliefs 100%. So I'll always disagree with something that any candidate I support, um, a, a position they have on any issue. Um, so I'll never be 100% in line with anyone. Um, so that's a little different. And I suppose if um, it was it was very important to me, I would you know, run for one of those offices instead where I get to only have my point of view. Um, and, and I uh, definitely appreciate people who are willing to do that. It's a, it's a tough job to be an elected official. Um, and it's hard to take a stand. So I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit easier to be behind the scenes. Um, but certainly, you know, people don't have a problem uh, telling me when they think I'm wrong about things. Um, so I think it's, they're different, but um, 
you also get to do more things just, you know, less completely. So I get to be involved in Hamden and I also get to be involved um, on state level politics too and have those conversations more than maybe I would if I decided I wanted to run for a legislative council position. That would, it's probably more time than I have for one, um, but I wouldn't have any opportunity to work um, on any other issues at the state level that also interest me. That's great. I I think it's important to know and share that there are ways that are behind the scenes because some people, like you said, do not have the desire to run for fully public office. And this is a way that's tangential to that. You know, I'm sure you meet a ton of statewide elected officials, state senators, etc., federal office holders um, through your role and can influence them in a way, right? By having those conversations. So I, I think that's a great aspect of State Central and what it offers. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe also anybody can attend those meetings, right? They're correct. Any Democrat. Public. Yep. Yep. So if someone is interested in learning about it, you know, want to show up to that room, you can research your local state central committee and town committee for that matter and, and show up and learn about what's going on in in your town. Mm-hmm. On the subject of running for offices, as you've alluded to, you're very active in campaigning. I think you're probably a top 1% door knocker in the state of Connecticut. So let's dig into what is that experience like? What do you learn? And what impact does door knocking have? Um, so talking to voters um, at their door, I would say is completely unnatural to me. Um, it is not something I thought I would ever do. I don't really enjoy other people knocking on my own door. Um, so I, it was a big stretch for me to do that. Um, but if you are involved in campaigns for any length of time, um, you quickly learn that having a conversation one-on-one with a voter is the best way to get them to vote. Um, and uh, we talk to mostly voters who we think might be leaning in the direction of the candidate we're talking to them about. Um, sometimes that's just a very narrow lean. So you, it's not that you're talking to people who you know are going to vote for your candidate. There are definitely hard conversations that I've had with voters. Um, and even now, even though I've, I don't, I don't know, knocked thousands and thousands of doors, um, it's still sometimes feels a little, gives me a little bit of anxiety at the beginning. Um, after every time though, um, I always go away with a positive um, experience and it's just a, like a special situation to talk to a voter about whatever topic um, they're interested in. Um, I think I've spent enough time with the candidates who I knock doors 
with um, or for um, and just talking to voters in Hamden. That's where most of my time is spent knocking doors, although I I've, I've have talked to voters all over the state um, that I, I have learned, you know, or been able to predict what I think they'll ask me about. So I not really ever put on the spot at this point. Um, but I love going out with new canvassers. Um, I love teaching them just the process, you know, how we record what people say. Um, and I love that our work is based on data. <laughs> um, and I love, I, I just really like talking, talking to people at the door and hearing what they have to say. And that's really impacts my um, view of, you know, what I, what I think is important to people in Hamden. It's not like just my own personal point of view. It's because I've talked to thousands and thousands of people, uh, you know, regularly and, and listen. Um, and I think it's, it's more about the listening than it is about the talking, which I think is sometimes maybe what turns makes people nervous about doing it is they think that they have to know everything to say, but voters want to be heard too. Um, and sometimes just listening um, is, is all that it takes. It is quite impactful hearing and not only not hearing, seeing those voters who feel unheard, finally feel heard. Like those are some of the, the big moments. What is something in, in, in all your door knocking? Is there a example of you went into it with one viewpoint on a particular issue and then after hearing the differing viewpoints of it coming up from other voters, change your mind on an issue? Um, I'm not sure if uh, my mind was ever changed, um, but I, I definitely can see how um, the overall view of Hamden residents has like evolved over the years. Um, so uh, Hamden has a, a tax issue or taxes are quite high. Um, and that has really the, the focus of that when I when you talk to voters has really changed drastically just in the past couple of years. Um, people, you know, four years ago, people complained about it a little bit, but you know, just in our most recent election, every single voter talks about taxes. They don't, every single voter does not talk about any other issue, just that one issue. So people, um, you know, vocalize a lot of complaints about public safety or, you know, that our um, Board of Education spends too much money. Um, but on when you talk to a voter at the door, those issues don't come up as much as just finances and um, a belief that uh, the people who were in charge of them just, you know, weren't able to solve those problems anymore. So I think, um, you know, that led to a big shift in our election in, in the last year. So I don't know if my mind was changed. 
I don't, I don't know if I have, I rank my uh, list of priorities or of issues in the town, but um, you know, that's certainly a priority of mine. I don't know if I'd put it at the top of my list, um, but certainly it's on the mind of, of every voter. So it's something that, you know, as uh, candidates, when we're talking to them, we have to make sure that they have solutions. Right. I, I, you touch on a great point about that through talking that you kind of get the sense of what is the flow of what they're caring about and informing the decision that other people make as a direct result of the door knocking work. You mentioned that you love showing people the ropes, so I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to kind of talk to someone who has never done this before, you know, wants to get involved, maybe think about door knocking, how do they find a local campaign, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, I would say reach out to your Democratic Town Committee. Um they, if they, they love volunteers, if they don't love volunteers, then, then you have major problems. Um, if they don't have a job to give you, then, um, you need change in your democratic town committee. Um, and figure out when the next election is coming up and make sure you're engaged ahead of that time. Um, so you know, uh, what's coming. Um, just show up to meetings or show up online if it's virtual, um, make those connections, uh, find out who represents you right now and if they're running again. Um, and then I would say go out with a buddy, like go out with someone who's done it before when you're ready to do, to, to canvas. Um, and if you're uncomfortable by that, don't be afraid to just watch. So um, go out with a candidate is wonderful. It's wonderful to just be with a candidate. They'll be the one talking 100% of the time and all you have to do is listen and you can hear how they respond to voters. You can learn a lot about their positions on issues. Um, so I, I love, even though I know um, most of the candidates that I knock for now, um, I love canvassing with them some of the time. It keeps me um, up to date on how they're handling topics uh, with voters. So um, I know their positions and it makes you a better door knocker because who knocks doors more than the candidates? Nobody should be. They should be talking to the but most voters. Um, so you really get the best, I think, experience um, when you go with a candidate. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I definitely was a non-talker probably the first two or three times I went door knocking. And that's okay. You can always be a non-talker because even as someone who's often the talker um, now, it's much better when you have somebody with you. Um, so mm -hmm. I would not ever mind if there was someone who never wanted to talk, who just wanted to walk with me. Awesome. So roll for everybody <laughs> on the doors. You spent so much time volunteering over recent years serving on town commissions starting organizations as we talked about serving on the various state and town committees through all of that what have you learned about local and state government 
Um, I guess I would say that there is something to do for anybody at any amount of time that you have to offer. Um, so there are some people who do a lot and devote a lot of their time um, volunteering. Most of these positions are unpaid. Um, even our legislative council in our town only gets a small stipend and it's a lot of hours of work. Um, but there's something that anyone can do. There are commissions that meet for a short amount of time, only a few weeks or a few months. Um, there are commissions that meet once a month. Um, there is something that anyone can do. You can get involved in just an election cycle, just work one election cycle. Even if you just want to show up to on get out the vote weekend and just, um, you know, put in a lot of work over, you know, four days, there's um, something for everybody to do. And I hope that um, the message that people get from me isn't that you have to do everything, it's that you have to do something, something more than you were doing before. Um, so that's what I hope um, people do, just a little bit extra. And sometimes it's really just like donating to a candidate. You don't have any time. You can you can donate, you know, $25 to a candidate and that makes a difference. Especially at the local level. Yeah. Your town council races are expensive to run for very small area because you have no fundraising. So absolutely. You've highlighted a couple times how busy you are, how some things you can't do because you don't have time. You mentioned that you're a mother. What gives you the motivation to keep going given everything you're doing, how much time you have to devote to family, professional career, your political roles? I mean, I think seeing impact um, of actions that you've been involved with is like, is just so satisfying. So um, like even playing, playing a small part in something big like Connecticut passed paid family leave and that went into effect um, in January of this year, people can take paid family leave in Connecticut. I think it's like incredible. And of course I had played like a little teeny part in, in that whole process to just like one, one small minnow in the pond. Um, but seeing when a lot of people work together towards a goal um, and then seeing something happen is, is really satisfying. And then in, in Hamden, working for a long time over many years um, to change our town leadership um, is so gratifying to see people who you support and people whose values you believe in responsible now for, for the town. Um, of course, that doesn't mean, you know, problems are solved overnight, but seeing those changes happen and what it could mean for the community is um, just like keeps you engaged. And of course, there's lots of setbacks. Things don't go your way. Um, there are hurdles and challenges you weren't anticipating, personal challenges <laughs> that you weren't anticipating. Um, you know, 
in my professional life, you know, I still work a full-time job, it's quite busy, quite, quite stressful, two kids. Um, so it's, you know, there are, there's a lot going on, but I don't feel like I would be a whole person anymore if that wasn't part of my life. Um, so I don't think it will ever go away. Though it'll shift and I'll do different things and I'll be involved in different ways, I'm sure, over the years. But it's now like a part of of who I am. It's weird how it creeps up on you, huh? <laughs> and just like, well, okay, well, that's just a thing now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I mean, you make, you know, now my, many of my friendships and, um, are people who have similar beliefs and who spend their time in similar ways. So it's, it's not, um, it's not rare that, you know, the, the group texts that I'm on on a Tuesday night are, you know, during a town council meeting and we're all watching, um, you know, separately on zoom, but you know, this is what we're talking about is, you know, what's, what's going on in the town council meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then it you just... get a little bit of socialization, a little <laughs> bit of politics. It's, it's a win-win. Yep. <laughs> Final question. What's one thing a listener could do today if they wanted to get started in local politics? I would say, um, find out when your next democratic town committee meeting is just find out when it is. It's probably the same day every month. Just find out when it is, put it on your calendar. Awesome. Love it. Simple, easy. Jen, thank you so much for doing this. You've given so much great information about ways to get involved. I will include in the show notes, some links for how to find your election, find mailing lists for, uh, your candidates or knowing who your candidates are. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk civic engagement with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Civics Undaunted podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you please head on over to podchaser.com and leave a rating or review? These ratings make a big difference and really help get our podcast noticed. So it would be much appreciated if you could go on over there. Civics Undaunted is a production of the Civics Institute, and it is produced and edited by Katie Kacharski. Please visit www.thecivicsinstitute.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening, and have a great day.